This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Christian perspective on the news does not necessarily reflect the opinions of Radio K Pulpit or the on-air presenter, but is the independent viewpoint of the individual contributor. Please send an email to info at kpulpa.co.za should you have any further inquiries. Christian Perspective on the News. Fridays we get to spend in the company of Dr. Peter Hammond, who's the founder of Frontline Fellowship, also Reformation Society Africa Christian Action, as well as the William Carey Bible Institute. Great having you with us. Good morning, Dr. Hammond. Good morning, Brad. And we see that there's a lot of talk in the news about the attempt to bring decentralization to the Western Cape, and we've got a bill to uh, bring more provincial powers for the province to take control over water, electricity, railways, policing, uh, decentralization going. uh, Basically, we see the principle that when central government fails to do their job, uh, it's the job of the lesser magistrate, the provincial municipal, to step in the gap and to do what needs to be done. Well, some people have said uh, the movement for secession in the Western Cape, is that biblical? Is that right? Well, we read in the Bible uh, that Moses and Aaron came to Pharaoh and said to him, thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, how long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go that they may serve me. The nation of Israel grew out of secession from Egypt. In the book, a nation is an ethno-linguistic people group with a shared faith. The scriptures make it clear that the Hebrews remained Hebrews. Even after 480 years in Egypt, they never became Egyptians. We are not geographic accidents, we are demographic descendants. The scripture emphasizes that all the families of the nations of the earth are to sing the praises of the Creator in every language and tongue. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scrolls, open the seals, that you were slain, and you have redeemed us to God by your blood, out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. So, I mean, even your identity as peoples and nations is is recorded in Revelation in heaven. In 1 Kings 12, we read of the secession of the 12 northern tribes from the United Kingdom of Israel. After the reigns of King Saul and King David and King Solomon, the United Kingdom was divided when Solomon's son Rehoboam foolishly dismissed the wise counsel of the elders who had stood before his father. Instead, Rehoboam chose to listen to the irresponsible advice of the young people who had grown up with him. And as a result, he arrogantly dismissed the petition of his subjects and threatened to tax him even heavier and to burden him with even more oppressive laws than he had even experienced before. Now, when all Israel saw that the king did not listen to them, the people answered the king and said, What share have we in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. To your tents, O Israel. Now see to your own house, O David. So Israel departed to the tents. And we read in 1 Kings 12, Hmm. So Israel has been in rebellion against the house of David to this day. There was none that followed the house of David, but the tribe of Judah only. And when King Rehoboam assembled 180,000 warriors to fight against the house of Israel to restore the United Kingdom, God stopped them and declared that this secession was of him. You shall not, the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah, the man of God, saying, Speak to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, king of Judah, to all the house of Judah and Benjamin, and to the rest of the people. Thus says the Lord, You shall not go up to fight against your brethren, the children of Israel, let every man return to his house, for this thing is of me. Therefore they obeyed the word of the Lord, and they turned back according to the word of the Lord. That's on 1 Kings 12. So 
The principle is that secession can be of God and all authority is limited, all authority is delegated, all authority is accountable. To the Roman governor Pontius Pilate, our Lord Jesus Christ declared, you could have no power against me at all unless it had been given to you from above. John 19.11. So civil authority is clearly delegated by God. Civil authority is clearly limited and it is answerable to God. As Romans 13, Revelation 1 and Revelation 11 make clear, the sanctity of human life is the foundation for the establishment of government. And the priority of any government should be to protect the right to life of pre-born and every other member of society who is law-abiding. In the teachings of our Lord, it's clear civil authorities are to be public servants. The kings of the Gentiles exiles lordship over them, and those who exiles authority over them are called benefactors. But it shall not be so amongst you. On the contrary, he who is greatest amongst you, let him be like the youngest. He who governs like the one who serves. And that is where the very concept of civil government as a servant to the citizens comes from. It's a uniquely Christian concept that originated from these verses from the Lord Jesus. Hence the term prime minister, first servant, and cabinet ministers as deacons of God for justice, as, as Romans 13 describes them, deacons, a deacon of justice. And so we read in the scriptures um, about the principle of delegated authority, accountable authority, limited authority. All human authority is limited, delegated, and answerable to God. And just as our rulers are, uh, we owe our king loyalty. But the king of kings requires loyalty and obedience from all the kings who are under him. If our rulers are in rebellion to the king of kings, we must not join them in their war against God and against his laws. If a ruler commands that which is against the law of God, we must obey God rather than man, as the apostle Peter said. If a ruler infringes on the laws of God and seeks to ruin his church, it is our right and it is our duty to resist him. Resistance to tyrants is obedient to God. And this was also emphasized by the reformer John Knox. Before the Reformation, the general view of government was summarized in the Latin phrase rex lex, rex meaning king, lex meaning law. The king is the law. Rex Lex, the king is the law. The king's word is law. The king is above the law. But the Reformation inverted this Latin phrase to Lex Rex, the law is king. The king is under the law. And Samuel Rutherford wrote the book Lex Rex in 1644, and he attacked the idea of absolutism and statism and emphasized the Reformation principle of covenant and the rule of law. As the prince, the king, may command loyalty, the king owes the subject protection. If a government fails to provide protection and the rule of law, respect for life and property, then citizens are absolved of any duty, any loyalty to such an abusive ruler who fails to fulfill his duty. And so the reformers taught that if central government is corrupt, wicked and oppressive, then the lesser magistrates have the duty to resist. Provincial governors, mayors, magistrates may and must resist and suppress tyrants in central government. And rulers are not permitted to rule for their own interests. If a central government fails in their duty to promises, the people are exempt from obedience and taxes and the contract is null and void. And Revelation 13 makes, sorry, Romans 13 makes mm. clear the duties of civil government are to be ministers of justice under God. And civil government is to be a terror to evil, a minister of justice, executing wrath on those who practice evil. Civil governments are not to be a terror to those, who, but to protect the law abiding, as we read in Revelation, uh, Romans 13, 1 to 7. And throughout history, there have been those who've attempted to impose their political and religious will on the world, like Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon and Caesar Nero of Rome. 
they commanded everyone to worship them. And it's worthwhile remembering Christians were not persecuted by the Roman Empire for worshiping Jesus, but for refusing to worship the state. And it is our job, as Revelation 12 verse 11 says, and they overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives to the death. Those who wage war against God will lose. And the Lord has given us the Great Commission, Matthew 28, to make disciples of all nations. And he used the word ethne for nations. Ethne is the root word for ethnic. In the Bible, a nation is an ethno-linguistic people group with a shared faith. We're not merely to make disciples of the 212 countries that claim to be member states of the United Nations. A missiologist identified over 12,000 ethno-linguistic people groups in the world. And uh, it is important for us to disciple every one of those nations, not just a country or a state. And many people are confused about the concepts of nations. And many people speak about a country and nation as interchangeable. Mm. Maybe they're confused because there's a group of state representatives in New York calling themselves the United Nations. Now, of course, they have no legitimacy at all. The United Nations is the largest collection of unelected dictators, mass murderers, drug traffickers, and human traffickers on the planet. Most of them are actually just gangsters with flags. The United Nations is not an authority. Uh, there's nothing in the Bible about some transnational authority. I've had people condemning my missionary work of smuggling Bibles into places like Angola when the Bible was forbidden there, saying it's not just against the law of Angola, it's against international law because the United Nations forbade it. And, you know, well, we've got the Great Commission. There's no higher authority than Lord Jesus. Make disciples of all nations to proclaim the gospel to all people. And so we're not meant to stop at the barbed wire fence, the border, the minefield, or the river. We take the gospel everywhere. And that's why missionaries uh, to the persecuted church have broken laws in order to smuggle Bibles to persecuted churches. And uh, some people talk that the United Nations has authority. Well, show us in the Bible where God gives more authority to anyone. Um, then our Lord Jesus Christ, whose great commission obviously supersedes any regulation that could be brought out by a bunch of gangsters with flags. So we, as we're considering in the Cape, this whole concept of devolution and taking more powers back on the province, well, it's because of the failure of central governments. And a good example is Switzerland. Hmm. Switzerland seceded from Austria in 1291, and Switzerland is a very... Uh, multi-ethnic, multi-linguistic country, but they've got a confederation system where they have direct democracy, referendums, and while the rest of Europe was torn apart with violence with French, Italian, Germans killing one another by the hundreds of thousands in the First and Second World War, Switzerland stayed out of the wars, uh, protected the territorial integrity, and stayed out of the conflicts because they had a decentralized system where they could live and work together. And we think Switzerland is a good example of how we can have a peaceful, productive uh, future. And there's so many examples in history of secession. The United States seceded from Great Britain in 1776. Yeah. The Netherlands seceded from Spain in 1568. Namibia seceded from South Africa in 1991. And there's many other examples like that, including Sudan in 2011. Uh, South Sudan seceded from Sudan. There's many good examples of secession where the countries concerned have succeeded, especially Singapore, which is a powerhouse, and they've even got a bigger economy now than uh, 
Malaya that they secede from in 1965. We really should consider what the Bible says about these matters. There is a case for secession. And uh, I do believe we need to look at the Bible and consider the principle of Israel broke away from Egypt. The northern kingdom of Israel broke away from Judah. Mm. Uh, and God said, this is of me. And so it may well be a move of God that the Cape chooses to be a Cape of good hope, a place of secession um, where you either go down with the SA Titanic or you launch out an independent uh, state of uh, like our, our Cape of Good Hope um, rowing boat, protecting ourselves from the chaos that's engulfing a very corrupt and dysfunctional failed state. That's the voice of Dr. Peter Hammond. He's the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, and the William Carey Bible Institute. Thanks, Dr. Hammond. Have a good weekend. We'll connect again next week. Thank you so very much, Brad. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.